Hey, thanks for checking out the Vantage Point Church podcast. We're glad you're here. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Good morning, everybody. I had to ditch the, the long sleeve. I was getting a little too passionate during worship this morning, so it's a little hot now. You <laughs> Pastor Kyle adjusted the AC, so praise God for air conditioning. Amen. All right, so this message, um, is, there's times in life where you think of something, and then you wonder, like, was that God or was that me? Or you feel like maybe God put something in your heart and you battle, was that me or was that God? Well, it's been confirmed all throughout this morning that God wants to speak to our hearts on a very intimate level this morning. So um, it happened in, in, in that 9 a.m. service, and then uh, Garrett, one of the prayer partners, he came to pray with the team prior to service, did not attend the first service, and the prayer he prayed was the entire message today. And some, it's something that God wants to speak to us this morning. So I pray that your guys' hearts are open to receive, but not just to receive, but to be challenged. Um, th- and the reason is, is because this message challenged me very deeply. Um, by a show of hands, anybody enjoy, like, self-evaluation and, like, self-criticism? A few of you actually do. Okay, well, I don't. Uh, not, a, not a huge fan. It's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but this is one of those messages where I, I found myself in a place, uh, scratching my head, got a, all the boxes are checked, so what is still wrong in my life? And uh, as a human being, I'm looking outward. So what's wrong out, what's wrong on the exterior of my life? Who do I need to take out? Um, who do I need to keep in with? Stuff like that quickly to realize God saying, hey, there's an adjustment in your heart you need to make. And I said, oh, that sucks. <laughs> so um, that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we get too deep, I do want you guys to know the results are in. Go ahead and uh, throw, the, throw the poll up on there. The results are in. So if you guys follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you might have voted. And uh, it appears that more people voted to shave it. So obviously, Pastor Kyle's going to keep the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely voted to keep it, so <laughs> you go ahead and take that down. All right, so a little bit about me. I had to make a joke. It's called an icebreaker, but a little bit about me. Um, married my wife. She was up here leading worship this morning. We have three kids. Two of them are twins. They're four-year-old girls. Uh, they're incredible. They're beautiful, and then I have uh, my son Jackson. Like I said, they're beautiful, and then I have. Now, then I have my son Jackson. He's two years old, uh, a.k.a. Tasmanian devil, if you know him. He is a nut. Uh, he enjoys finding the largest thing in the room, finding his way up there, and then launching himself off of it, only to actually stick the landing and walk away as if he doesn't have permanent damage in his legs. Um, but he gets that from me. Um, that's, he's exactly a representation of me, so that does not make him too excited for his high school years. Um, but that's our family. Um, this is not my full-time job. We, I got a job outside of here. Um, my wife has a business as well. So, but this is my favorite thing to do. My favorite thing to do is gather with you guys, um, whether it's preaching or just in attendance, just hanging out, having fellowship with my church family is my favorite thing to do. Anybody look forward to Sundays and getting together and gatherings like that? It, it, it fuels us as believers to get around other believers. It, it fuels us, it challenges us. Um, a lot of times God likes to speak through us in ways that, that aren't so uh, decorated. It doesn't have to be a pastor on stage. A lot of times he'll convict us just through watching the life of somebody else who's doing it the right way. Amen? So I love what God does in our church setting. So this morning, um, I'm going to be talking kind of on topic to the, to the series we've been in. I asked Pastor Kai, I said, hey, you want me to stick to the series? Um, or, or are you okay with me doing something else? He's like, you do whatever you want. And I said, I'll stick to the series. That's fine. So I'm not going to stick to the series, um, basically. So <laughs> um, I'm going to loop it in, though, a little bit. So I was wondering, 
we learned a whole lot about being a good neighbor. We learned a lot about um, practical things we can do. Anybody been hanging out on their front lawns uh, instead of their back lawns? Uh, okay, one of you, two of you. Okay, awesome. You guys do a great job. Um, but we're, we're hanging out on our front lawns, and we're learning some tools to be a better neighbor, to be more present uh, to those that are lost and broken around us. So it led me to the question of why, why are we not already like that? Why, why are a lot of us um, very quick to, as Pastor Kyle said, hide away or, or kind of stay out of sight from our neighbors? Or, or you know, I, I go to jobs a lot. So my job, I, I end up going to homes a lot throughout the day. Sometimes I pull up to a house that I'm like, is, what's behind this wall? And you pull up to some houses, and they don't have a gate. They don't have a nice, pretty picket fence. They have a wall that they've created around their property. And there, it is a mystery what is on the other side. One time I pulled up to this house, big, beautiful gate. I actually sent a video with, like, the Jurassic Park theme with it because this gate opened up so slowly, and I was so curious. What is on the other side of this probably $100,000 gate they have? just to find a modular home back there. <laughs> so I was like, and they had like a half-built basketball court. I was like, that was a pretty big letdown. But that's what we do. We like to hide ourselves. We like to, we like to not associate, not talk if we don't have to. So the question I asked myself was, why? Why are we like that? Um, and so I came to some conclusions. And so one of the main things I came to here is that, um, and this, this is not meant to, to hurt your feelings. It's just meant to maybe open your eyes, break down some walls. Um, what I realized is that broken things hide. Broken things want to hide. They don't want to be seen. Um, you know, if there's a, a broken leg on your, on your chairs at your table, you want that chair to be the one that never gets sat in. You want to put it like in, in the seat that nobody sits in because you want to hide the broken things. And so I began to wonder, God, well, everybody can't just be broken, can we? And I was like, oh, maybe we can. <laughs> maybe we can all be broken. Um, and what I quickly realized is there's a lot of people out there who think that they're whole, but really they're broken. There's a lot of people who are broken out there that think that they've been healed, that think that they're whole, and they're walking out their life as if this area uh, doesn't affect them anymore, as if this thing doesn't affect them anymore. And for those young adults in the room, you've heard a portion of this message before, but I promise you God has something new for all of us today to receive. It, it, his spirit is in this room. And, and what that means, if it's your first time here, what that means is that it confirms you're not here by accident. It's you're here on purpose. If you're watching online, you're watching on purpose. You're in attendance on purpose. Uh, God's spirit flows strongly when he wants to speak clearly. Amen? Amen. So we're going to get into this. And, and something that um, I've constantly asked myself is, man, I wish I was more outgoing. Or you get, you get yourself into a position where you're around the people that maybe you used to look up to. That's something that should give you confidence. Um, or maybe you got a promotion, something that should give you confidence. And instead of feeling confident when you step into that circle, you kind of feel insecure. You kind of feel inadequate. You're kind of like, man, I got no business being here. Um, sometimes you feel that way in church. You come into a church building and you're like, I got no business being in this room. You have no idea what I did yesterday. You have no idea what I did this morning. And, and you begin to look around and you see people worshiping and you say, I got no business being in this room. But God has us in places for a reason. Everywhere he puts us, we're there for a purpose. And so if we're going to be good neighbors, we need to be whole and healed, amen, so that we can be and live out the purpose that he gave us. So as opposed to giving a lesson this morning on, on kind of how, how to be a good neighbor, I want to make sure that we don't leave this room with brokenness. I want to make sure we leave this room whole, leave this room healed, leave this room equipped to be the good neighbor that we've been learning how to be, amen? Can we do that? And I got to tell you this morning, I do uh, sometimes yell. 
And so I appreciate when you yell back. <laughs> if you're feeling it, don't be afraid to yell back at me. Um, just don't cuss at me if I offend you. At least not here. It's not the place. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I do. I get myself in these times that I say, God, uh, man, why am I not the way I want to be? And, and, it, and to be honest with you, it sucks. And to give you an example of this is uh, there was, there's this group called The Collective. And it's, a, it's just a group of young adult pastors who most of them belong to pretty large churches. And I was invited to be a part of this. And I was first like, awesome. That's great. Like this, this community of people that I look up to. These are mentors of mine, guys I've been meeting with, and they asked me to be a part of this. And, and I was like, cool, that's awesome. And then I, and I go to the first meeting, and I'm sitting there going, you guys don't understand. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. I'm in the wrong building. Why did I feel that way? I felt that way because their groups have 200 people in them. And so immediately the enemy wanted to attack me. Instead of, instead of giving me confidence that God wanted to give me, saying, hey, you're worthy, um, the enemy threw insecurity at me. He said, you're inadequate. You shouldn't be in this room. You don't belong here. And so what I began to ask myself, God, what is broken in my life that makes me, when the best things in life happen, God, why do I immediately result to the negative? Why do I immediately turn to, to what's wrong with what's happening? If I got any friends in the house that do that, you kind of just look maybe for what's negative. So I did that. I realized um, that I had a lot of pain that I thought was healed, but really it was just relocated to other areas in my life. I thought I dealt with it, but I just moved it somewhere else. I thought I dealt with it because it didn't hurt in that area anymore, but it surfaced in other areas where people did not deserve it. And so there's pain that maybe ha happened in my childhood, and I'm like, oh, I answered the altar 17,000 times for that, so I'm good, I'm going to move forward, just to realize I'm you know, in another relationship, whether it be friendship, workplace, uh, uh, relationships, things like that, and all of a sudden you see yourself surfacing issues from your past you thought were dealt with, but now they've just been relocated to your adult life. Question for everybody that should be pretty relatable. If it's not, I need to learn from you. Um, but that is, does anybody relocate junk in their house ever? Like junk that's supposed to be dealt with, you don't deal with it, you move it. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Let me give you an example. The greatest example I have for you this morning is laundry. Some of you young adults have heard this analogy before. You related, so I'm sure all these adults will <laughs> definitely relate to this. I, we do the laundry, and if we don't have time, aka okay, we don't want to deal with it, uh, we, we take the laundry out and we put it on the table. This is like right there. So we put it on the table, big stack of laundry. Then it's dinner time, so like we can't have we can't eat around clothes, and then we just have to go back in the washroom again, because the way my kids eat, they throw more than they consume. So we can't have the clothes on the table. So we move them to the couch, and we enjoy our dinner. It's great. We're not thinking about those clothes. Then after dinner, we go sit on the couch. Oh, okay, I got to move these clothes. So I, I just moved them from the table. Why would I put them back on the table? So I'm going to take them, and I'm going to put them on my bed. Then you go to bed, and you definitely don't want to fold them before bed, so you pick them up, and you put them back on the table again. Am I alone in this? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, we got to have a cleaner house then because apparently we're alone in this. <laughs> um, so, but the thing is, we do that in life with our problems. We do that with insecurities, with pains, with brokenness. Instead of dealing with them, we just move them around because it's temporary satisfaction. You temporarily feel comfortable. If I don't talk about this thing, then I don't have to deal with it. But guess what? You will always deal with it because there's only so much trash you can shove in the garbage can before it's overflowing. So we have to stop shifting things. We have to stop relocating our problems and instead rebuild and repair those areas of our life. Amen?
We can't grow until we stop relocating and start rebuilding. I've relocated my feelings uh, and my pains and things to a lot of areas in life. I was actually encouraged to relocate them at one point, too. Um, this, was, this is not from, from anybody uh, from a church. This is just from people you follow on Instagram. What the world will say is it's, one thing the world loves to say is it's okay to take your anger out in the gym or have an outlet is what you hear a lot. There's nothing wrong with having an outlet. I, I can tell you that, that physical activity for me does free me in some way. It's a mental thing. But what it does not do, outlets do not do, is heal. Outlets don't heal. They distract. Outlets don't heal. They put a Band-Aid on temporarily. And so as opposed to using outlets for our pain, we need to stop, do the very difficult thing, and get into a moment just like the one we're in right now, hint, hint, um, and, and, and surface these things, be okay with uh, uh, talking about these things. And then that way, 10 years from now, we don't have a friend in our life that's getting the brunt of all the pain we never dealt with. We don't have a spouse 10 years down the line dealing with the issues we had from our childhood that we just kind of shoved away and said we dealt with. So as opposed to relocating, we need to rebuild. And now why, the question I had to begin to ask myself, I always do a counter question whenever I feel God speaking to me. So why do we relocate? And, and I felt like this was one of the quickest answers God gave me because it, it hit, it's just so you guys know, this is such a message for myself. So I began to ask myself, why do I relocate? Because it's definitely something I do. Well, the reason is we suppress because we are afraid. Uh, how many know you can, like I said, you can only push the trash can down so much for suppressing. Um, but we suppress because we are afraid. It's not always you're afraid to tell somebody. Sometimes you're afraid to tell yourself. Sometimes you're afraid to say, I know self. I, I know we moved on. But we got we to gotta, we gotta fix that because uh, we didn't really move on. We're still dealing with a broken arm spiritually. We're still walking around with something wounded. So we suppress. Second thing is we fool ourselves into believing that we've already been healed and we move forward. Uh, just because a pastor says you're healed in Jesus' name, how many know that doesn't mean you're always healed in Jesus' name? Sometimes it's a process. There are moments where God will impact you in a moment and you'll never turn back to the things that you used to do. I've had moments like that. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that that does not happen. But I've found in my own life personally, more often than not, process has to take place. There's got to be a process for healing. And so something we do is we fool ourselves in a moment because it was emotional, it was spiritual. God really was there, but sometimes we take that as enough. Like, oh, I'm good, and we move forward. And we don't talk about it anymore just to find out that, hey, we should have spent a little bit more time in that area working on that. The third thing we do, and I added this third one at 11.30 last night. I was trying to close my eyes and go to sleep. God said, wake up. And I said, nope. <laughs> and he said, here, put this in your message. I said, okay. And uh, so I'm sitting there. I'm like, God, you really gonna, I'm trying to go to sleep. I got to wake up early. Um, but, man, I had to put this in there because uh, I know that it's something that I'm not alone in. And that's this, is that we settle for a better broken. We settle for a better version of broken. Um, what I mean by that is, I'll give you a couple examples. Our lawnmower's broken. Um, it's broken on the handle. There's a nut, there's, so it's like a two-piece handle. There's a bottom that comes up, and then the top goes in, and then there's a nut and bolt on both sides. Well, there was. Now there's one. <laughs> so it kind of does this when you're pushing. And, and so really frustrating. And as opposed to really fixing it, what I did is I stuck a nail through it, bent it, no nut and bolt, so it shakes a little bit, but, you know, it's a better version of the broken it was, right? So I move forward instead of really dealing with it. 
Another thing is our bathroom door from hell. Our bathroom door <laughs> needs somebody who really knows what they're doing to come over, so any volunteers <laughs> to fix it. Um, this bathroom door, we got a new one because the old one was just trash. So we got a new one. You know why the old one was trash? Because the door's right here. We got all this hairspray going. And all of a sudden, over time, your white door's brown and all kinds of colors. So we got a new door anyways. I'm not mad about it. Um, and then we get this new door, but it doesn't fit right. They cut it wrong. It doesn't fit in our door right. So just like any man would do, I get my table saw out. I line that sucker up, and it fits. Only problem is when you go to shut the door, you got to, like, up and in. And I'm like, what's going on with this door? I literally just fixed it. Well, the hinges are stripped. Anybody who's ever done any doors realizes the hinges being stripped, the screws and the hinges, that's frustrating. Because that part of the casing is built there perfectly for your door. It's not so easy just to relocate it. And if you're in here saying, yes, it is, I invite you over to my house. <laughs> come, come fix it. So it's able to shut, right? So I'm able to shut this door. Still broken, but it's a better broken, right? I'll give you a more deep analogy than that. Some of us had pain in our life, been in relationships, whether it had been your parents, your uncles, uh, uh, relationships you're in where there was abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse maybe. Now down the line, you find yourself in a new relationship. You got rid of that person, or maybe that person got better. Um, and it's no longer physical or sexual abuse you're, you're facing, but maybe it's emotional, verbal abuse that tears you down so much you wonder whether or not people would miss you. But it's a better broken, right? It's better, right, because you're not getting hit. And we do that, and we settle for a better version of broken. And God wants to heal us. He wants to give us wholeness. We're not meant to operate with a broken arm. We're meant to get it healed and move forward and not neglect it. Because it will always resurface. Amen? We're meant to be healed. So instead of relocating, we need to rebuild and repair. We need to begin to get excited about when God wants to rebuild something. When God wants to bring a new temple to us, we need to get excited about that. How many know when a new building goes up, maybe you started a business and, and they're building the, from the foundation up, or, or you had a custom house built. I have a friend recently, his, the process of his home being built has taken a long time, but he got on Instagram, he said, guys, they got the foundation laid, he's getting excited about the fact that building, the, the new thing that's building is happening, and he's getting real excited about it. And how many know, like, if, if a business uh, opens a new building, there's a ribbon-cutting ceremony, and everybody's excited for this new building, right? Because they're out of the old one, and they're going into the new one. We need to get excited. If everybody could turn to Haggai, I will read scripture, I promise you. If you could turn to Haggai chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 1 to verse number 9. So while you're getting that open, you can do it on your phone. You can do it uh, if you have your paper Bible. At the first service, I read out of my paper Bible. I told everybody it was because I was more saved. Um, they had a paper Bible, and then I realized they didn't put any of the slides up because my paper Bible was a different version <laughs> than the ones they put up there, so it was confusing. So I'm going to read in here because I'm less safe. So out of the iPad, <laughs> um, in, in Haggai, we'll be reading in chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. But first, I want to tell you this. I work a lot with insurance companies. Um, I get called out. Our company gets called out, and we, we assess any loss, so fire loss, water loss, things like that. Um, and so we're going to homes where people have dealt with some uh, structure uh, devastation. Uh, it's frustrating for a lot of people. You go to a lot of houses, they're really upset about it. Um, it, it they, especially if they're a single person living in this house, maybe they're a little older. They, they, it's frustrating, it's scary. Anybody had a loss in their house where something flooded or, or there was a fire or anything like that before? It's not a fun thing. 
Um, but, the, but I realized I go to a lot of houses where people aren't so mad about the fact that their kitchen's just destroyed by water from the upstairs bathroom. And I'm like, why are these people not, like, freaking out? Like, why do they have smiles on their faces? And I asked them, asked the homeowner, which is a weird question. Why are you happy? You should be mad. Your house is just destroyed. It looks terrible. Um, but I asked them. I said, why, why does this not bother you so much? And they go, you know, I've known I needed a new kitchen for a really long time. And it wasn't until this destruction took place. Now I'm excited because I'm finally getting my new kitchen. I'm finally getting my new bathroom. I've known I needed to replace it. I've known that that countertop has to go because it's ugly, it's an eyesore, but now it's destroyed. And so now I have to replace it. How many know God doesn't want us to have to get to the place of destruction before we start rebuilding something? Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. On the, t- on the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of, jo- of Josedach, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it seem to you like nothing? You're, you're, you're the house in this story. You're the temple in this story. Do you ever ask yourself, man, where did that girl go? Where did that person that before the abuse, before the pain, how can I get back to that person? That person was so happy. You ever ask yourself that question? Where, where, I want to get back to that person I was before that man stepped into my life, before that, that woman stepped, before I got into that job that sucks the life out of me. I want to get back to how I was when I was happy. Has anybody ever asked that question before? This is what they're saying. They're rebuilding the temple at this point. If you read chapter 1, it's, it's the commission from God to begin to rebuild. Chapter 2 is the rebuild itself beginning to take place. Does it seem to you like nothing? Sometimes you look in the mirror post-abuse and say, uh, it feels like nothing. But now be strong, verse 4, Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. Be strong and work. How many know this is the time for us to rise up, be strong, and begin to work on the new us? Amen? To stop pushing the old one away, to stop wishing the new one look like the old one, but to rebuild and to be strong and begin to work in our lives. Verse 5, this is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. It's a scary thing to, to, to confront yourself and to say, hey, there's areas I thought I could get by without having to really deal with, but I got to deal with them. That's a scary thing, but the Lord says, do not fear. Verse 6, this is what the Lord Almighty says, in a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. Verse 7, I will shake all the nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house, that's you, with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Verse 9, listen to this one, guys. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. In this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. A couple of takeaways from that scripture. The first one is that the people weren't too excited about the new building, about the new temple. They were negative about it. Uh, they, they didn't think it could ever be what it was, and so they weren't too thrilled about it. 
How many of us in the room have been like that before? You're coming to church, you know, you're, yes, God's working in your heart, but you lack enthusiasm for what God's doing in your life because you're like, uh, yes, like this is better. It's a better broken, right? But, but it's not what it was. It'll never be what it was. It's, something, it's, a, it's a self-talk cancer that we say to us, ourselves all the time. And it'll never be what it once was. It's kind of what the people are saying in this story. They're saying, did anybody see what it was before? Because it's not going to be as good as it was. But the second takeaway is this, and Pastor Kyle helped me realize this through the scripture, is that the new temple that was built, I want you to hear this this morning, the new temple that was built was one that Jesus himself eventually walked in. You might have missed that. Jesus himself wants to step foot in your new temple. He wants to walk in your life. It is going to be better than before. We need to stop looking back, saying, man, I wish I could get back to who I once was, and we need to press forward to who God wants us to be. When we're looking back, we're neglecting the strength we gained through the pain. The person in the past doesn't have the strength you have for overcoming the thing that gave you the pain. God took you through that journey for a reason. You are now stronger. You are now more equipped. If you were to return, you would lack the strength, the wisdom, and the experience that came from your pain. Let's stand to our feet tonight, this morning. I preach tonight usually. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14 says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Our friends, we're talking about neighbors like a good neighbor, our friends, our neighbors, our family, our coworkers, they're counting on us to stop pushing away our problems. They're lost and they're broken. They're counting on whole people to come into their life to tell them about Jesus, but to show them about Jesus with their life. If I tell someone about Jesus and I'm still broken myself, I'm a pretty poor representation of the goodness of God. But if I can confront these areas of my life that I thought I moved past, then maybe I'll be a better representation of Jesus and maybe your children will turn towards Christ once again. Maybe those prodigals will come back once again. Maybe those coworkers will see a difference in you because you're not just talking about the fact that you go to church, but you're living in wholeness and healing and there's a joy about you that becomes contagious. And they begin to say, why are you so happy all the time? Because I'm free. Because I'm whole. Because God saved my life. And that's the answer we get to give people. I'm going to have the prayer team come up as the worship team comes out this morning. We press onward. We stop going backwards. We stop suppressing. We stop fooling ourselves. And we stop settling for a better version of broken. God has so much more for us. And if we want to be who God wants us to be, if you look at yourself in the mirror or you look around and you see certain people and you say, I wish I had the enthusiasm they had. I wish I was as outgoing as they were. I'd be a better version of Jesus if I was just a little bit more happy like they are. How are they always walking around with a smile on their face? If that's you and you're wondering how do you accomplish that, the answer is to stop pushing away the broken areas of your life because they will then become walls. And you'll look at your front page and you'll see the qualifications to become the person you want to be. And you'll feel like, man, I go to church, check. I read my Bible, check. I hang out with believers, check. 
but we fail to look at page two, which is a list of all the areas in our life that we have pushed away and not dealt with. We're on page two this morning, and we're bringing these things to the surface. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, for your encouragement, for your challenge, for your scripture. God, for the new us that you want to create. God, empower us this morning and strengthen us so that we no longer have to wonder how to become the version of you you created us to be. God, I pray this morning that you would strengthen our hearts, God. As some people in this room right now, your heart is beating fast because God is beginning to surface something in your life you never wanted to think about again. God, be with that person right now. That man, that woman in this room dealing with that fear right now, that anxiety that might be rising up in them because they're afraid to confront this thing in their life. Wrap your arms around them like the loving, heavenly Father that you are. God, tell them it's okay. It's okay. And you're going to be stronger because of it. God, strengthen us this morning. As Isaiah 41, 13, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. I don't know about you, but I want his perfect power in my life. I don't want partial power. I want his perfect power. And in order to obtain that, we need to become weak and be okay with that and say, God, I'm weak. I'm broken. I need you to really, truly heal me this time, God, because I can't have one of these partial healings again. God, I need you to start the conversation in my life that I'm going to take out of these doors and begin the process of healing and finding that wholeness, God. Because it doesn't just happen like that for everybody. So God, I pray in Jesus' name, you would encourage people in this room. It's not just conviction you bring, God. It's encouragement. It's edification, Lord. You do this so we will be better. So we don't have to hurt anymore. Psalms 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. So if you're in this room with all heads bowed and eyes closed, and, and I mean that, all heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around, this is an intimate moment, it's a difficult moment, but if you feel like maybe you've been living this life that you thought maybe you were healed, or maybe you really knew you needed a new kitchen, you needed something new in your life, and you've been putting it off, if that's you, in this room, can you just raise your hand? I want to know who I'm praying for. And there are hands going up all over this room this morning. You are not alone in this fight. You are not alone in this surfacing of the emotions this morning. Everybody around you, and this is not just to be uh, Christianese, these are your brothers, these are your sisters. These are people who love you. Whether you met them or not, we're in this building, we're in this room together. We love each other, we want to support each other. So those of you that raised your hand, I'm going to pray this prayer. We'll pray one more in a moment. But Father, I pray right now, for those hands that were raised. If you raise your hand, can you lift it back up this morning? This is you, just like, just like we were talking about earlier. This is you reaching for heaven, just as Roxanne was saying. This is you reaching for that healing that God wants to offer to you. Father, with all these hands raised in the room, I pray right now in Jesus' name, you would pick up your child that's reaching for you right now, God. You would hold them in your loving arms, Lord, and that you would begin to speak the truth over them, God. And that is that they are whole when they come to you. That your power is made perfect in this moment that might seem like weakness, but is really strength. God, your power is falling on these hands and these people right now in this room and those watching online as well. 
God, I pray that the people that raise their hand, even those that didn't, even those that didn't that are battling, God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that you would take us on a journey of healing, on a journey of being brave enough to say, you know what? I'm not okay. I'm not as good as I thought I was. God, give us the strength to admit that to somebody. Give us the strength to confess that to somebody so that they can get a partner in their life to come beside them to pray with them. Strengthen us, God. Begin the conversations this morning. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, you guys can put your hands down. If you've never met the Jesus we're talking about this morning, the man behind all of this, the reason why we get to say we're victorious, if you've never met the reason for our victory this morning and you're challenged, and maybe God's been pulling on your heart and you're wondering what's going on, and you want to meet Jesus this morning, can you just lift your hand up so I can see who we're praying for? I see you in front. I see you there over on the side. I see you guys over there. This is our moment. We got to be strong enough as believers to realize when there's an opportunity in front of us, and this is that opportunity for us to stop shying away from pain, for us to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and to receive all that he has for you, because how many know salvation's not just for eternity? We meet Jesus so he can help us in our present time. So I'm going to pray this prayer, and I want everybody to pray along with me this morning. A lot of you know it. We say it the same a lot because if you ever find yourself in a grocery store and you need to know the prayer, this is it. So can we as Vantage Point Church, we're going to pray this together. Say, Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins and to give me new life. I receive that new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for checking out the Vantage Point Church podcast. We're glad you're here. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message.